Hi, welcome back to Old Millennials Remember Movies. I'm Angela Yoshiko, and I'm here with Tyler Wilson. Hi, how's it going? Episode 2. Episode 2. And today we're here to reminisce and remember an old movie that we'll get to in a few minutes. But before we jump in, let's, um, who are you, Tyler? You know, we're new, we're new to the podcast world here. Share just a 10 seconds. Who are you? I'm a freelance writer in the Inland West. I've been a film critic for a few different places for, well, a long time. So, yeah, I watch a lot of movies. What do you do? Tyler also watches a lot of kids. Um, in addition to freelancing, he's a stay-at-home parent to four small children, ages one, three, five, and seven, eight, seven. If you say so. However old our children are. Um, Tyler and I are married. Been married for 12 or 13 years, somewhere around there. Who are you? Who am I? Yeah, so I'm a working mom to those four kids. I go to work every day and get a break from them. Did we talk about this on the first episode? We did not. So, a lot of our free time, which we don't have a lot of, um, we spend watching movies. So now we have started to watch these older movies that we grew up with. Some, well, the idea behind the podcast is we're going to watch uh, some things that we grew up with. Maybe something that one of us grew up with and the other person didn't. Maybe something that was popular that we somehow missed. Uh, yeah, we're just going to kind of look back and see if a certain movie uh, has any modern... Uh, value and uh, have some fun with it. Not necessarily make fun of anything. Well, you know, it depends. Depends on what it is and depending on what we liked. The first episode we talked about Twister. I had some real interesting things to say about that, I'd say. Yes. And go back you're... and listen to that episode. Yeah, go back. Might be better than this one. <laughs> and if you're wondering what an old millennial is, because our podcast name is Old Millennials Remember Movies, old millennials are those born between 1980 and 1988-ish. I don't care for the term. Um, because we don't identify ourselves as millennials who are kind of grouped into this bucket and they don't know simple things of like, who's Hanson and Matchbox 20 and, uh, they missed a lot of the movies and shows and cool things. Someone was telling me that there is another name for us. Xennials. It was like one social psychologist wrote one article about it and now everyone's like, that's what they're called. Okay. But the millennial term still counts for people born between the years of 1980 and 2000. So technically by the general standards of how we name our generations, we're still millennials. So it sounds like if you were a sociologist, you could just come up with a whole bunch yes. of stuff where people would be like, oh, we should call yes. ourselves that. And if you can get the news to pick you, pick it up, pick that story up and run it and copy it and cite it, then yeah. I mean, don't I quote a, me on that. I that was a, like a few months ago, so I could be totally wrong on that whole story I altogether. Sense a, I sense a scheme or a flim flam in, in, uh, in my future. <laughs> A what? A flim flam. <laughs> flim flam. So, Tyler, have you been, uh, let's just jump into what you've been watching you t- recently. No, you tell me what you've been watching recently. I'll go after you. Um, I've been watching a lot of Handmaid's Tale on TV recently. Season if you really two. want to talk about like what I've really been watching, yeah, season yes. two. And um, watching Elizabeth Moss on TV screen is always a pleasure. She's such a good actress. Love her in, way back in the day as the president's daughter in The West Wing. Yep, she was like a recurring character, but yeah, she was yeah. in quite a bit for a little few seasons anyway. Yeah, funny, she played a role, didn't she get kidnapped in the West Wing? Yep. Which is kind of funny, if you know what The Handmaid's Tale is all about. Not really about oh, kidnapping, sounds but, funny. Yeah, sounds funny. She also was great in uh, Mad Men, mm-hmm. but it's one of those, for me, it's one of those things where like, I love her as an actress, and I love the role she plays, mm-hmm. but then I think, isn't she a Scientologist? I don't know. I think, she might be. You told me that she was. I don't know. Nothing against it. It's just that I maybe don't know enough about Scientology, but I, it seems like maybe it might not 
You're going to get some letters. I'm going to get some letters. Um, Scientology is great. I like uh, I like Elizabeth Moss a lot. I really... She's probably... I mean, Mad Men's a great show. I, she's probably one of my favorite characters on that show, pretty much from yeah, start to finish. I tried to convince you to name our one of our kids Peggy. Peggy yeah. Based off Mad Men and my know. dear, amazing, awesome Aunt I Peggy. I just I can't. I don't know. I that would have been a great name. She's kind of a Peggy. But... And also Hamilton and Peggy. I know. I got. I know. I look. I know. I'm just. I'm, I just. I was having a hard time with it. But it didn't matter. The last kid was a boy. So. I know. Sorry. Didn't know. work out that way. I haven't watched The Handmaid's Tale. That's a show that you keep telling me is great, and everybody says it's great. But you know, gotta be honest with you. I'm already watch like, yourself. I'm back like two seasons, and I'm just like ah. I know it's about. I know it's bleak. I know it's about uh, a lot of parallels to the current uh, world. And I'm just like, uh, give me some game shows. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily need it in my life either. I have a friend at work who's like, yeah, I want to watch Hammy's Tale, but I sort of feel like I need to be in like a good mental place to be able to cope with yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not in a good mental place. Yeah, I'm not either. So it, I am sort of struggling. I watch with enough weird, things. sometimes often depressing movies. So I don't, you know, sometimes I don't need these shows. Yeah, I, I, it sounds great. Hope you hope everybody likes it and is great with it. I'm, I'm getting to that point where I'm catching up to the live episodes, so mm -hmm. I have to wait a while. That's a little frustrating. Um, on screen in the theater. Yeah. Um, Saw a movie that's already out on DVD. Uh, yep. uh What's it called? <laughs> Wrinkle in Time. Well, you really. I keep wanting. Well I don't know why. I think it. I want to call it like Race to Witch Mountain. I know it's not even in the same category. Race to Witch Mountain. You know what? I think I read though to those two books in the same year growing up. Is Race to Witch Mountain a book too? Are you serious? I only thought it was that um, old Disney movie, and then The Rock made that new one. I think it's a book. Really? I didn't know that. It's a book series. Oh, yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, it's, not one I read. it's a junior novelization. I wait. A junior junior novelization usually means that it's like a novelization of the film. Oh, let me look. Escape to Witch Mountain. That's the first. That's the old, like older Disney movie. Race to Witch Mountain. There was a sequel. The Race to Witch Mountain is The Rock from the two thousands. Sometime. What did I just say? I don't know. You really I off thought the it wagon. was a book. You series. saw A Wrinkle in Time. <laughs> God, I want to say. Witch Mountain book series, yeah. We'll edit it says all this three out. books. It's a sci-fi classic return. Oh no, it's only showing me pictures from the. Mm, maybe well, this is going well. With oh no, it's Alexander Key's extraordinary 1968 novel. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But you didn't see that, so why? Why does that matter? Right I now? did see that. Anyway, I think I read those books at the same time growing up, so... But you saw A Wrinkle in Time? But I saw A Wrinkle in Time. Oh, okay, great. Maybe you should talk about that instead. Anyway, so <laughs> A Wrinkle in Time um, went and took our seven-year-old daughter to it the on vacation. The Discount Theater. The Discount Theater. Yeah. Um, and I enjoyed it. It was mm -hmm. very magical and kind of like, where, why are we here and the universe and how we're connected and... Stuff like that. Yeah. And Oprah's in it, and that was a little distracting. Oprah was big. Oprah was giant. Big. I mean, not like I'm not making a joke. I'm talking about she was tall, real tall. In some of the scenes, yeah. Yeah. But I really, I really enjoyed it. I thought there was a young actress, um, new to the scene. She was very good. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Funnily enough, or you you said you're well. Fu well, you you were taking her. You went on this trip. I was with the other kids, and um, 
you said you were going to go to the discount theater and saw it, and I saw that it was already, like, out on video. So that same night, I ended up renting it, because I was like, you can't watch a movie, and I don't get to see it. That's not cool. Yeah, it's like a competition. So I oh watched it, and I thought, um, I thought our daughter would probably, as you confirmed to me, she really liked it. It was kind of a story that she was able to kind of connect with, even though it was maybe a little above her head. But I, you know, that so that part I, I, I could recognize. I think it's good for kind of that age, maybe to tw- age 12. Um, I thought it was okay. <laughs> like, it was a little bit messy. I like that director quite a bit. Um, she made Selma in that uh, great documentary that was Which on Which parts did you think were messy? Well, it was just, it, it, I, I, it was very all over the place in the beginning. I, I had a hard time just kind of like getting hooked into what the story was about. And um, I thought some of the performances were really good and others were not. Oh, whose did you like? I like the main girl quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, she was really good. I thought she helped along the movie. I thought that uh, Oprah, you know, Oprah's Oprah. She really wasn't in it that Reese much. Reese Witherspoon's fine. I like Mindy Kaling generally. I didn't care for that character. Um, and I think it's because the way they use the character, like, she only speaks in quotes from yeah. other things, which is kind of weird. I don't know. And I really didn't like that younger kid. Like, he was very, like... Disney Channel actor to me. I don't know. You, you could tell he was acting. Sometimes they get good... Like, when I think about good child actors, like the Florida Project... They're more naturalistic, year, you know. They're just like I kids. prefer that. Maybe he was that... like, I'm acting and I'm a kid who's acting. And then his story Ugh. arc just kind of... Not to, like, give it away, but, like, his story arc just kind of requires a lot of them, and I don't think it works. But that's okay. Like, it's not... I know I recognize it's not, like, a movie made for me, so that's okay. Not every kid's movie has to, like hit all quadrants in terms of demographic. Um, I kind of expected more just given the director, but it's okay. It's a hard, it seems like a very, I've never, that was a weird, oddly I've never read that book. It never was one I read when I was it younger. It came out like in the 60s or something. So yeah, but it wasn't, book. I don't know, for whatever reason, it wasn't one that ended up in school or whatever. So I'm not familiar with it, so maybe more familiarity with it works. But yeah, yeah it was okay. Yeah, I don't have a lot to dig on. Is that all you've been watching? That's what you saw? I think so. Yeah, I saw a little bit more than you, so let me think. I could, I just like pick and choose a little bit of what I saw. Let's see. So I saw uh, Ocean's Eight. I saw that that one, the new female centric uh, Ocean's movie. I saw the trailer to Ocean's Eight. You saw a couple trailers. What I can tell you is that some lady steals some jewelry by going into like a party at the Oscars or something. The Met Gala. Stealing it in the middle of the party and replacing it with fake maid jewelry and walking out. Is yeah. that, that's what I got from the trailer. Yeah, well, it's like, you know, so it's a spinoff of the Ocean's 11, 12 movies with uh, George Clooney and all them. They're not in it. There's a couple of cameos from a couple of those guys, but it's mostly like a new story. And it's got a great cast. I mean, Sandra Bullock, Anne Hathaway, Kate Blanchett, this, that trio alone is... Uh, look, I would say, if you had, in, a, in an acting uh, battle, the battle of actors, fighting over, like, who's actor, acting... If I had to go from the three leads of Ocean series, which is uh, George Clooney, Matty Damon, Brad Pitt, versus Sandy Bullock, Kate Blanchett, Anne Hathaway, I think that they are the more potent performers. I think they're the stronger in general. I like them all. I like all those actors, but I'm saying, pound for pound, that's good stuff. That being said, I thought the movie was very forgettable. <laughs> was very forgettable. It was okay. I, I, you know, I, I enjoyed it. It was kind of a light, really light movie. But let me ask you a question: yeah. Are any of the Ocean's Eleven movies not kind of forgettable? Well, I so I did revisit Ocean's Eleven. You did? Um, when? Yeah. 
Yeah, How do you have time to ago. watch all these movies? Just turn them on. It's cool. You know, you have to get to bed sometimes. Yeah. You wonder why you're not getting enough sleep. So staying I staying up watching all these movies. I think Ocean's Eleven is, is really good. It's still really good. It, it, it's just the perfect combination of setup and height and withholding information about the heist and then delivering like a, an engaging heist that offers some surprises and gives people enough to do. And the characters have enough kind of chemistry dynamic that works really well. Ocean's Eight kind of has a problem teetering, like, how much do we reveal in the planning stage? How much do we show in the heist stage? There's not a lot of great dynamics between the cast. I think Anne Hathaway is terrific in it. She steals the thing when she's around. She's playing kind of a spoiled actress, and she's actually kind of the mark in a lot of ways. She's the one that's supposed to wear this jewelry, and, you know, they plan around her unknowingly what they're going to do. And so that's kind of really fun for her to play. I think it's playing a little bit on, like, this weird weird attitude that people have about Anne Hathaway being too actorly or oh, whatever. Oh, people love Anne Hathaway. I think Anne, Hath Anne Hathaway's one of my favorite actresses. I think she's consistently good in everything. And, uh, yeah, I think she steals this movie. But, you know, it's just one of those, like, I love the cast. I'd love to see them. I want to make money so they can try again and maybe just do a little bit more of a memorable plot and storyline. So, let's see what else did I watch that's worthy of talking about. Um... Got a couple things I want to talk... Well, I don't know. I know you're going to see a couple things I've already seen, so maybe we'll save that. But, ooh, I'll tell you what I watched. This was the same night I watched A Wrinkle in Time. It was a little film called The Hurricane Heist. Stop. Anytime <laughs> I am not around, you watch the most terrible movies. So, it's new. It came out this year. It did horribly at the box office. It's got... Uh, Maggie Grace from Lost. You know, she's on like a season of Lost. Oh, yeah. The I blonde like Shannon or whatever. Yeah. And it's got a guy named Toby Kebble who, I don't know, you probably don't know that guy. But he's doing like the, everybody's, oh, and then and, and True Blood guy, uh, the brother, True Blood, brother True Blood. Brother True Blood. <laughs> brother True Blood. You know, the uh, Suki's brother. That guy. Oh. Bleach Blonde, you know, Suki Stackhouse's uh, brother. Anyway, there's a Brian big Brian Quantin? Yeah. And then there's a... There's he's a true blood guy, and there's a big old storm, and then there's these bank robbers, and they're gonna steal all this money from like the reserve, and there's a there's a hurricane. Oh, a category five hurricane. So it's a heist during a hurricane. As I'm reading, and man, is it so it's so stupid. No, really. But it's great. <laughs> it's just like really stupid, but I enjoyed every second of it. It's like ninety minutes of people like, okay, at one point. The hero of the movie, who's talking in a weird accent, there's they're in the middle of a storm and they're fighting off the bank robbers. All the main actors are people that they're the good guys, and so they're trying to get away from them. And so there's a big old pile of uh, hubcaps somewhere, and he's like, "Oh, I got an idea! I'll just release these, and then they'll become like weapons." So then he's like flinging these hubcaps people, and it like kills like, like oh man, it's it's great. They they try to outrun. It's a lot of you know we just talked about Twister. It's kind of like it's got a real. The first scene is like totally just straight out of like. Uh, Twister. It's like the, pretty much a carbon copy of mm -hmm. how that movie starts. Um, yeah, it's, look, I'm telling you, Hurricane Heist is so bad, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. I recommend it. Mm -hmm. You should watch it now. That's it. I'll, that's, I'll leave it at those movies. That, that's all you got for me. Yeah, that's pretty good. Should we talk about, uh, what are you doing? I was reading about the heist. You don't need to read about it right now, I'm just telling you you should watch the movie. Hurricane Heist Trivia. You don't need to read about Hurricane Heist trivia. I should tell you to read, watch it. It's amazing. Watch it. Okay? Okay. Great. So we talk about our featured film? Yes. Let's jump into what the podcast is about. 
old millennials remember old movies from our childhood. Yes. So the movie we are going to review today is a little movie called Maverick. Came out in 1994. Mm-hmm. Rated, what's your guess? PG-13. Wrong. PG. What? It's rated PG. <laughs> How'd that even happen? Like... According, is that according to the Wikipedia? No. What's Wikipedia say? Um, you can't listen. I'm not looking at the Wikipedia. Oh, well, I'm just telling you. Where, where were... I, I would guess it's PG-13 because of just some of the language and gunplay. Um, that would be my guess. I but don't... I could, be, uh, I could be wrong about that. Seems like a very PG-13 type of movie, though. I don't see the rating on the Wikipedia. It doesn't matter. Who cares? It's a movie that's, like, not R. <laughs> it's not an R-rated movie. Who's um, a star? It, well, first, it's two hours and seven minutes. Oh, really? Yeah, it does feel a little bit long. Yep. Came out May 20th, 1994. Interesting, interesting. It stars Mel Gibson as Brett Maverick. Uh-huh. Jodie Foster as Annabelle Bransford. Mm-hmm. Just to That's how her accent is, yeah, too. About, as about as good as that. Pretty accurate. Um, James Garner is Marshall Zane Cooper. Who played the old Maverick in the old TV show. Yep. That and then like the side characters that pop up for their chunks of time in the movie include Graham Greene, who plays Joseph. The head of the Native American group. Which yep. Is, yeah, we'll group. About That's that. cute. Um, <laughs> Alfred Molina. <laughs> Alfred Molina. In yep. another movie where he's throwing snakes around. Just saying. He doesn't really throw snakes around in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Throwing snakes around. Well, you know how he's in Raiders of the Lost Ark and there's no, snakes. No, no. Um, <laughs> as I was watching the whole movie again, I kept referring to him his... Doc Ock. Doc Ock. Yeah, that's how he always... Well, sure. Yeah. Um, and then there's... Uh, oh, James Coburn. Yeah, James Coburn. As Commodore du- Duvall. Um, the Commodore. And yeah. then just a bunch of other people. Yeah, this movie's full of... Now... Full of people that we'll, we don't know. We'll get to that. Okay. So first of all, before we get into this, let's just uh, let's put this out there right now. Mel Gibson. Uh, listen, are we going to talk about Mel well, Gibson? Just for like, listen. Okay. Okay. Let's talk he, about Mel Gibson. Obviously, there's some problematic things about Mel Gibson, right? Mm-hmm. He did the thing. He's got the Passion of the Christ movie where he was saying maybe you know some stuff that's controversial, right? Look, we all know this. Uh, it's not. That we we're not we're not saying it's okay. We're not saying that uh, we like Mel Gibson as a person. What I'm saying is is that you can go back and watch this movie and not like hate yourself. I think I, I didn't. I wasn't feeling guilty. So I you know he can be a good, engaging, fun actor. It's, this is an example of him during a period in which he was very popular, being uh, very engaging on screen. I think it, no pop, no negative. Yeah. Uh, look, whatever. I think it brings up the question. Uh huh. Do you judge someone's entire career by their choices and bad behavior it's, later in their career? And can you still enjoy their previous career? I would say it's a case-by-case basis. Case-by-case, like on the, ooh. Okay. I haven't really done like the Kevin Spacey thing yet, so I don't know. That one seems like it's going to be real hard. Uh, going back and like watching Kevin Spacey movies now that, what all we know. But I would say that we're not, that's not quite the level we're on with the Mel Gibson. So, hey, right now. Did Mel Gibson, like, commit any crimes? Well, I mean, maybe. I don't want to say I that mean, he did. I mean, other... Maybe. But uh, not, like... Well, not yet. As of this recording, who knows what's going to happen. So, I anyway, mean, I just want to put that out there that we're not saying, like, hey, Mel Gibson's a great guy. I'm not even making any judgment call. I'm saying that we're talking about a movie he was in that we uh, enjoyed as a young young person, and uh, we watched it again, and that's it. We're, that's all we're going to say about Mel Gibson as a person. How about that? Yeah, I think... Yeah, I just even Googling Mel Gibson looks like there's several articles out there. You mentioned Kevin Spacey. There's an article out here on Forbes about three reasons Mel Gibson 
three reasons Mel Gibson got to have a career reboot and Kevin Spacey won't. Well, yeah, I, I think that's a pretty given. Different. I don't even need to read the article. It's different, different. You know, like, whatever. I, I just, you know, I'm not interested in the better, smarter people can figure out that stuff. I'm just saying I watched Maverick and Mel Gibson. Gross, was he was in Daddy's Home too. Yeah. Who's watching those movies? I saw Daddy's Home too. Why? No, I, did I, I don't know if I've seen Daddy's Home too. I saw Daddy's Home. I don't know if I saw Daddy's Home too. That doesn't sound, that doesn't compute. Anyway. So that's it. That's all we're going to say about uh, that aspect, okay? So let me ask (laughs) you this question before we get into anything else. Do you remember seeing Maverick when you were younger, or do you have a memory of when you saw this movie the first time? You know, you are so much better about the, like, movie origin memories. Not necessarily. Just because, yeah, because I picked the first two movies. Like, that's fine. I don't have that memory for everything. I don't, but I remember the movie, so I don't remember. Do you think that you saw it younger, or was it kind of like an older, like well, you saw it on TV Well, it came out in 94, so yeah. I was 11, 12. Yeah. I don't think I saw it in the theater. Okay. So, uh, is that, okay, I saw the movie. You tell me about what you remember. Maybe I saw the movie with my mom in the theater as a double feature. Ooh. It was one of those where you go when you get the ticket uh-huh. for... Uh, Do you remember what the other feature was? Absolutely. <gasps> Hold on. And okay. I was going for the other movie. Hold I on. didn't know anything Hold about on. this this Maverick. Business. I don't even want to know. I want to see if it's on the internet. What the double feature could have been? Was it? Yeah. Nope. Never mind. That's like something that it was something else. Never mind. Okay. What was it? This is the one I was going to see. I was excited about. It. I didn't care about this highfalutin Maverick movie. I was going to see City Slickers Two: The Legend of Curly's Gold, <laughs> and I was excited about it. But it was a double feature. <laughs> City Slickers too. So I was pretty excited about it, and then you know, I are you don't know. sure about that? That's what I was. I'm telling you, that's what my memory is. It was because it was like a Western comedy theme. Didn't Legend of Curly's Gold come out in '94? Hold on, I'm looking it up. Because this is gonna blow my mind if this didn't wasn't if that wasn't even the accurate year. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. I would be like freaked out. I'm pretty sure it looks like it's the correct year. Western. Comedy. It came out in June 1994. So I probably saw it in June. Maverick yeah. was the second, maybe because that was already out already. So they were putting it together to like get more. That's juice a for long Maverick. day at the movies because this City Slickers two clocks in at an hour fifty six. So you and your mom went to the movies for five hours. Yeah, sure. Why? Yeah. I sat through the Dark Knight trilogy. Huh? Which movie came first? I think that it was, we watched Maverick first. And was it really a a double feature? Your mom was just like, let's go to two movies No, it was a double feature and we didn't have to pay again. We just sat there. it was like, let's watch some Westerns. No, I remember the lights came up and we sat there for like 15 minutes between the next movie. Oh my God. What? That's a long time to sit in a theater when you're 11 years old. I mean, you could get up. They let you get up, for God's sake. And it was like... Refillable popcorn. So, Fun fact, City Slickers 2 is rated PG-13. Maverick is rated PG. That doesn't make any sense to me. Why? That just doesn't make sense to me, given what's in the movie. Guess what? The rating system doesn't make sense. We could have to do a whole podcast I, I, on I'm questioning the validity of our internet research. but I googled it as well. Uh, okay. Fine. I looked in multiple spots. Okay. I asked Google. Okay. Maverick, 1994, rated... <laughs> Typing it in. All right. PG. That's by kidsinmind.com. Wow. Okay. <laughs> That's the site that oh. Google's referencing. I mean, I guess if you really think about it, there's not a whole lot oh, of... Oh, uh... wait. Let's see. Rotten Tomatoes might be saying something else. No? And then PG. Let's no. see. This is research, by the way, that you want to maybe do before the podcast starts. You know what? We have four kids. Did I mention that? And also working full time. Yeah, you said it that. And also, You're... our baby turned one is turning one tomorrow. 
And you're just making excuses for your lack oh, of research. Oh, now what? you're just being a jerk. Is it still PG? Yes, it's okay. PG. It doesn't matter. Let's move on. Let's move on. But anyway, so I saw those two movies. I remember going for Curly's Gold, but ending up being surprised by how much I liked Maverick, even though I was like, I don't know what this is. Like, this is about, and my mom would be like, oh, it's on like the old TV show. I'm like, uh, Roger Ebert show. also said it's rated PG. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Roger Ebert, if he says so. Then I'm sure it's accurate. He gave it three stars, in case you're wondering. Yeah, okay. Okay, so when you left the theater as a kid, uh-huh. which movie were you more excited about? I was pretty, uh, I was happy with both at mm-hmm. the time. Very happy with both. Were you just slurping in the podcast? <laughs> no. Straight up slurping your coffee? <laughs> I'm not a slurpy, no. Um, oh my god. If they Classy. want to sponsor us, they could do that if they wanted to. Or I'm drinking a lot of iced coffee. Sponsorship. I'm drinking some Paul Newman green tea. Don't give them free. You don't. Don't you don't do free ones. You know what? Paul Newman's <laughs> not even alive. But the company is alive and well. And you know what? They donate most of their proceeds to nonprofit. Okay, great. You can just continue with that advertising. It's organic too. I, oh my god. Okay. So no. <laughs> no, I was pretty happy with both movies. Uh, I, in fact, I still feel. I still believe that I've probably seen Legends of Curly's Gold more often than I've seen the original City Slickers. Because, you know, I'll tell you. Wait, wait. Which one in City Slickers does the old guy die? That's in the... That's the end of the first one. And then in the second one, his brother... It's his, his brother, but it's the same actor they brought so they could bring Jack Palance back. Excuse yeah, me, I gotta refill my Paul Newman green tea real quick. Oh my god. This is the worst. <laughs> um, Paul Newman starred in many Western movies. Okay. He starred in Butch Cassidy, right? And that's... Okay. So uh, it's related. I'm okay. on topic. But anyway, it's, that's not like where I... That, so the, I liked going to Maverick, right? But... What I really, the, the love of Maverick, right, mm-hmm. happened over the course, not that year, like 95, moving forward. Going to, going to visit my family in Wisconsin, Minnesota. I had my uh, four cousins who were around my age. And our Aunt Leanne had, her room had a little open-up drawer of, like, movies. We would watch these VHS movies all the time. She'd have the best, because she was in, like, I don't know, she might have been in Columbia House or something, and she was just, like, getting... Didn't Columbia House only do, like, CDs? Come on, man! What are you? What are you doing to me? Of course they did movies. <laughs> it might have been not called that, but it was the movie club or whatever. But she would so they, she'd always just have like the she'd have more she'd have all the newer movies that came out, and Maverick was one that we watched a lot. Like it was one we would always pull out and watch, and then we would after we'd watch it, we would like we'd want to get to the poker part toward the end. We want to get to that poker part, and then after we watch it, we would go down to my grandma Rosemary, my grandpa Bob's basement where they had a pool table. And we'd set up cards and we'd play uh, five card draw poker back there. And then we would like we tried we wanted to get like the we'd do like the pull of the card and look at the magic card like happens yeah, in the try movie. Try to predict the card. Oh yeah, we were, we were summon it to come. We were real into Maverick. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I've heard this story. Yeah, from we you. really like Maverick. We watch it. I mean, and I will only go to, in the summer there for like two weeks, right? We probably watch Maverick like two or three times like at least this is maybe a couple summers in a row yeah yeah and then we were just yeah it was great because we were getting like you know as we got a little bit older we wanted to we weren't just rolling around and playing ninja turtles anymore we had to do some mature stuff like yeah. uh, watch maverick and play poker and pretend to gamble and pretend to gamble and do magic cards yeah uh-huh. yeah not magic the gathering cards Correct. but yeah, like magic pull the card out mm-hmm. anyway so yeah no fond memories of maverick uh to the point where i don't know before i watched it again i'd be like maverick Classic. Classic. And it's been, I want to say, look, when we popped open the DVD, which I've had for a long time, it was still wrapped up. 
How is that possible? Because I feel like you and I have watched it. We might have Netflixed it way back in the day. Might have just got the disc uh, back when we were in college, maybe. Because we've we been it. together 16 years, so that means... I feel like in those last 16 years, we've watched it. Probably, but for whatever reason, sealed. Sealed. So... This was a, this was a, it's been a while, and just to, we, I, we watched it, and I was nervous about watching it, uh, thinking maybe that the Mel Gibson stuff could, uh, seep into there. I was nervous that, you know, it just wasn't, like, funny. I was nervous that, you know, it's not, first, it's the, it's outdated poker, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's into the, the, now, well, I don't even know if that's any, the case, but Texas Hold'em took over all normal semblance of what poker is in movies and stuff like that. To the point where, you know, you're just like, I don't know, is this movie going to work or not? But, let me tell you, something about Maverick, my friend. Still great. Still great. I was kind of worried, like, what are we going to talk about today? Because after re-watching it, it was still as good as I remember. Well, that's good, because, you know... Like... But before we jump in real quick, yeah. in case you were wondering, Columbia House is a movie club, yeah, and I you can this. join today. Of course you can. I don't know why you question me with these things. My memory's not faulty. Who, who is one working at Columbia House? Two, getting Columbia House DVDs on this membership. What is happening? They got a Blu-ray option. Um, uh, unclear. Fun fact, you know, I was looking at the Disney Chun, Movie no. Club. No, I was because I was like four free. You get four movies, Blu-ray, and I was like, well, I get four. So what's what do I got to do to get those four? And I was looking into it, and. You know, you got to buy like five over the next two years at their regular price, and then they kind of try to send you those ones, right? And mm-hmm. I—that's fine. I could stop them from doing that. But five, which seems like a lot, and they don't tell you what they're like. Oh, at our base price, starting at nineteen ninety nine, I'm like, oh man, you guys are charging like thirty five dollars. They're charging probably thirty five dollars. So I didn't. But you know what? The funny thing is, is now that I decided to look into it, literally every device that I have. Is every, in every ad, every like little Tetris game I have on my phone. Yeah. My every ad I have on my oh, Google. Oh, the Disney ads it's are all, powerful. You get your Disney rewards. Get your four Blu-rays. <laughs> they know that I like looked at the screen. They're like, you, you come back, come on back, come on, get your Disney movie rewards. They're spending a lot of money on those Google ads. Ooh, they're trying to get me. AdSense. You think that? Why? Okay. Like, okay. Just, yeah. Just, let's, let's talk let's, about this. Listen, Disney. Like. You're getting plenty of my money. Like you get so much of my money. You got Star Wars, which I'll go to and buy. Right off the bat, Pixar. What it's? A, I mean, come on, see those movies right off the bat. And buy all the, the merchandise. Buy the merchandise. I mean, what are you doing to me? You know yeah. I'm going to get. How your many stuff. Incredibles toys have you purchased this year already? Oh man, I don't want to talk. Anyway, about it. so you're saying Toys R Us was going out of business. There. Disney Cheap. gets your money. Yeah, you Mooney. So you know, I'm just saying that uh, you don't need to bother me about your Blu-ray plan. I already got enough of your blues. I had a bunch of points from the rewards. Um, I think you should now go look at Columbia House and see who wins the ad war on your devices. Oh, who's gonna take over? Yeah, like will the Disney get more ads? Because I'm gonna guess yes. Oh, yeah, they're pretty big. Columbia House. Hey, you can get your first two DVDs for only. I don't want Columbia each. House because I have a feeling I think there was some. There's some bad blood between me and Columbia House in that scene. There's some escape. bad blood between every old millennial and Columbia House in those CDs. I think, but you know, for whatever reason, I think that someone figured out somewhere that, like, because we were all underage when we did this, you can't we go were, like, under contract. Yeah, with so we might have like we might have like avoided jail time. Luckily, but they tried to scare you though. They'd call, send threatening letters. None of it could be held up in court. You know, and for all I know, my parents may have finally just settled my thirty dollar bill, but. I don't know. <laughs> I only have one story with Columbia House, and it involves um, me stealing some CDs from my brother because he was on Stupid Columbia House. And, Fuck him. And never, <laughs> never telling him about it. 
And then he started getting those letters, and he was like, I never got these CDs. And I was like, that's, that's fucking weird. Yeah, that's great. I think the CDs were, I can't even remember. Okay, you want to know why I was real mad at Columbia House? So I got my 12 <laughs> CDs, right? Uh-huh. And I would get, I got all what would you expect to get in whatever year it was. Like, T, you get the TLC, you got some, like, hard rock. Nirvana, whatever. that was the CD. Yeah, I okay, I probably got, you know what, yep. I probably got Nirvana too, right? Yep. It was a good mix of stuff, right? It was a yeah. good, straight mix of good content, right? The first CD that they send me, and they try to send it to you automatically, right? Well, yeah. at the time, they were, like, trying to, I don't know, send it to you, and you'd be like, oh, send it back, or whatever. They sent me... Greatest Hits double CD of the Cars. What? Why would they send this to me? What? I, I promise you, nothing I filled out would have ever suggested to them that that was going to be the right thing. And then they were trying to charge me for like a double album on top of it. No, forget that. I think the only reason we ended up keeping it is because my dad was like, well, the Cars. And he like kept my CD and then he got in trouble. I was like, hey, that's your, on you. You got to deal with Columbia House now. So anyway, that was a long tangent about that. I what was, are you looking at I was now? trying to read, like, what happened with all of that? It says, I'm reading an article on mentalfloss.com, and it says, negative option billing his act, blah, 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 blah. Uh, the FTC really drops the hammer on any company that doesn't comply. So it was breaking regulations. In 2009, it reached a million-dollar settlement with the company. Apparent- anyway. Anyway. They were scamming. You said everybody. nothing. <laughs> I said I provided no information to anybody. Uh, but do your research before we start recording. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we'd be talking. Stop it about Columbia. House You're gonna have to Club. go back. We're gonna get letters, and they were like, "You got this all wrong." We're gonna get to send us twitters and Columbia stuff. House and uh, competitor BMG. I might have done both of them and got in trouble with both of them. Brought Just in saying. tons of gross <laughs> revenue as late as 2000. The two companies were grossing 1.5 billion dollars a year. How? Who? Who pays them? <laughs> <laughs> no one paid them. Wow. Right? Yeah, that's what this is talking about. But even with negative option billing bringing in cash from club members who forget to return their rejection forms. So it's one of those things where, like, you, you have to send your rejection. It. Yeah. For, no, that's the And if you don't, we'll just charge you. Which is kind of what some of those subscription, new subscription boxes do. Like, the clothing ones that are like, we'll send you these well, clothing you that we'll send you. And if you want to keep it, keep it. And if you they don't... They charge you then. They yeah. charge you after you keep it. It's basically like fancy Columbia House that people yeah, are like, I love hoping, my subscription box. They're just hoping that you won't return it and you'll yeah. get charged for everything. That's stupid. Yeah, people I know. Are it's dumb. one of those things, though. And like, unless, some money. Hey, it's stupid unless they want we to advertise on this podcast. That's true. I would happily sponsor... In this sponsor case, they're terrific. Any subscription box. They are terrific. That's true. If you think the audio quality is, is good or bad, bad advertising i'm just saying it'll help so then there's this guy that's quoting this story that says in march 2000 there was a 60 year old guy who admitted that he had used 16 post office boxes and his own home Whoa, address he was really doing the thing wasn't he to columbia house and bmg <laughs> out of 26,554 discs during a five-year span in the 90s wow that's great he, he pleaded guilty to a single count of mail fraud of one count that's oh my good. gosh! And and then like a, this other guy that stockpiled twenty two thousand CDs using a similar scheme. He then <laughs> would sell the booty at flea markets. Oh man, booty! That's funny. That's pretty great. Um, so back and they say that us going on Napster ruined the music industry. Actually, I think ha, I saw that. another article people. that the the title was uh, "How BMG and Columbia's House Taught Me How to Steal Music." Yeah. This is weird. Don't blame me. I yes. didn't do anything. We, we, we weren't had... the original, you know. Nah, there's always we weren't the creators the of piracy. 
What were we talking about, Maverick? So we're talking about Maverick. Came okay. out in 1994. <laughs> no, I was going to say that we were we were talking about how much we still liked it. But I when we turned it on, whatever, a couple nights ago, it starts off with a, full, a flashback where he's like, uh, Maverick is stuck in the ground, right? Oh, let's talk and about how it starts and off. And he, he's stuck in the ground, there's rattlesnakes, and he's like, it's just been a shitty week all around, right? Which is kind of funny. And I'm voiceovering right. the movie. So there's some voiceover, right? And it, at the time, you're like, oh, I didn't recognize this voiceover. It's from the yeah. beginning. And then... For about five, ten minutes, it's just like a lot of voiceover. Yes. Going. And you're like, whoa, is this movie just like all voiceover? I forgot. Like, I was the... like, yes. I was like, oh my God, is this the whole thing? And we got a little worried because we're we just got, like, we yes. both did. Because we're just like, oh man, no, this is. This... If this continues, this is going to be awful. a lot of voiceover. Like, you don't get a lot of voiceover movies like this anymore. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm happy to, like, it did drop off after about ten minutes and it was just like straight ahead and it would pop in at appropriate yes. levels. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't going crazy. I mean, this is a lot of... I mean, listen, I understand that, like, maybe, like, someone who goes back and watches this now, some of the stuff that is, like, funny might seem kind of, like... Har-har. Dumb. Yeah, because like, he's, like, when it finally flashbacks from where, you know, okay, he's been a shitty week, he ends up somehow later into this hole where there's rattlesnakes, right? Well, then it goes back to the start of the week to see what he's doing, right? And he, he's riding into town... It's been a shitty week. He's riding in town on like a donkey. Oh, he's having a shitty week. He's not riding on a horse. I lost my horse, and, and I'm like, riding on a donkey. How much? And he's just like, we're not paying for that. He's like, no, no, to take a dollar. It's not worth a dollar. Oh, here, yeah, good deal. You know, it's just a bunch yes. of this like hearty har har. Mm-hmm. And I like it because I've seen the movie a bunch. <laughs> it's like, it's like when you think your dad's jokes are funny. Yeah. It's, like, familiar, and you like it. And, you know, and then it's got a... Uh, this was weird to notice. I mean, I know the music to Maverick really well, but then going back, it in right... Because the credits are in the beginning. It tells you music by Randy Newman. And yes. you're like, oh, yeah, this movie sounds exactly like Toy Story. Yes. Like the score to Toy Story. I was like, is You've Got a Friend of Me gonna come in? It's like, well, because Woody is a cowboy. Yeah. And so there's Correct. a lot of that Western... Western music, like... You know? So it sounds like a West... Like a Woody thing. And you're like, oh, my God. Like, the, they, they, this is like... they. It's almost like they knew. Like yes. they were combining... <laughs> um... I love Randy Newman. Sure. And I don't really like country music, but I think Randy Newman's music is good for a Western film. Well, and Randy Newman, yeah, I mean, because he's one of those guys, you could go, he could be a, you know, he's yes. got a, he's got that voice, you know, so, you know, that works, actually. Yeah, it does. And I've always thought that, too, but... Um... I'll jump ahead. In a few scenes in the movie, yeah. towards the end, particularly, mm-hmm. there are some country songs in this movie <laughs> right. that are one way out of place <laughs> we're like it's like modern day country well, the, yeah songs. it was like the modern for 94 right yeah it was songs but it's that were set in the old then. west yeah. so what are we doing here yeah it's like during the the big poker montage yes. and it, it's partly because and i didn't know this we were looking at this later there's like some country western stars cameoing in this scene mm-hmm. in which i had no idea who they were i didn't know who they were then mm-hmm. and then they were showing up again and I was reading about, like, oh, these are supposed to be these, these, but I still didn't know who those people yeah. were. If you love country, good for you. You might spot some people. You might spot some people. And then also there's cameos by, like, some of these Old West actors, yeah. too, which is harder to spot, too, and I wouldn't have known that either. Yes. But that's kind of cool. I mean, this was a whole sequence in which they're they're bringing in all these uh, uh, people, so. Which is kind of nice. So this is directed by Richard Donner, right? And Correct. so, did Richard Donner, you got your f- yes. crazy finagled, did he, he directed those Lethal Weapon movies, right? That's him. Yes. 
You, right? You're the one who told me that. I don't know. I'm just, I'll, I'll pull it up. Yeah, then. you pull it Director up. Director Richard Donner. Yeah, Richard Donner, um, who made Superman in wow, the he's second cut of... Uh, he was first... born in 1930. Yeah, well, he made that first cut of uh, Superman 2. That makes him like 88 okay, years old. Okay, but just tell me if he made Lethal Weapon movies. He's known for Superman, Superman. in 78. Yes. Um, Lethal Weapon. Okay, yeah. So he made... Right. So <laughs> he's worked with Mel Gibson a bunch. Um you know, he's got that thing. There's a there's a pretty significant cameo early on in the movie. A bank robber played by Danny Glover. He also directed The Goonies. Yes, I know. Okay, yes. I, Hold on. I'm going to say a few more, so just let me get it out, he's okay? He's made a lot of movies. I'm just going to say I just fuck. wanted to make sure. I didn't want to be like, oh, we made a lethal weapon, and then we get a Twitter about it, and, you know? Oh, Radio Flyer. Oh, we should add that to our list. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I like that movie. And then Maverick. He didn't make a ton after Maverick, though. He's old. Well, he I'm made tired. Assassins at the year later. I don't know what With that Sylvester movie is. Sylvester Stallone? I have to click it to look, but hold on. Just stop Conspiracy it. Theory, Lethal Mel Weapon Gibson. 4. Yeah, yeah, that was Timeline. Probably... Oh, boy. 16 Blocks. Okay. And then Superman 2, the Richard Donner cut. That's the, he just went back and he fixed his Oh, and uh, then cut. that was it. Yeah, okay. Is he dead? Um, it doesn't look Great like research. he's dead. Great research. Good he's, no, he's still today. alive. Anyway, so, again, I'm trying to get back to the movie Maverick. In the movie Maverick early, there's a cameo by Danny Glover with his mask. He's got a mask over his face. A little handkerchief. Handkerchief, right? And the movie, it's just like, it's so, okay, I love Maverick, but this is stupid. Like, <laughs> the movie is so proud of itself for this little joke. that It is just, like, so tickled. They're like, oh, we got Danny Glover. We're going to do a little thing where they're going to look at each other and be like, oh, do we recognize each other? And they, like, look at each other, and they go, nah. And then they do it again. And they look at each other again! And they're just like, nah. And you're and just like, oh, stop it with this nonsense. And then he runs off, and this is the only thing you should have said to make it mark the cameo. He walks out the building, and he goes, I'm getting too old for this shit. And then he gets yes. all this. That's all you need to do when you have a Danny Glover cameo. They do the one reference. Don't be looking at each other. Whatever. And then he's out of the movie, and it doesn't matter. So Richard Donner, obviously, just having lots of, lots of great fun with his... Uh, I remember, I don't think I grew up watching Lethal Weapon. So when that scene came on, when I watched it, I was like, is this guy going to show up later? Do they know each other? And then so, he never shows up in the rest of the fucking movie, and I was so confused. That's what I remember, going to the movie theater with my mom, and she laughed at that, right? Like, uh -huh. oh, they're looking at each other, like, as one would during the time. It would probably be, it's funny, right? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. It's just kind of stupid now, but I'm not, not criticizing her for laughing. But at the time, I was just like, oh, this must be funny because maybe they recognize each other because they knew each other before. I didn't know yeah. that there was, like, this I other movie. I thought he was, like, another poker player. I knew who Danny player. Glover was, though, because I had seen Angels in the Outfield. Oh, so I thought I knew it was, that it was another Danny poker Glover. player that was going to show up later on the boat, and they're going to be like, oh, I also had to steal no. some money to play so, the I game. I mean, I, I got that it was like, that's a famous person. That's Danny Glover. He's the Angels in the Outfield. Well, you were one step ahead of me. I but I like... still was like, I didn't know that they were in him. I mean, I guess I could have figured it out. But yeah, Richard Donner, because then Margot Kidder, right, shows up. She Lois Lane, Lois Lane in the Richard Donner movie. Yeah, that was a thing you. She showed up as like one of these uh, uh, people later there, the yeah, church hands. Yeah, cameo. Yeah, so that's Richard Donner just having some fun or whatever. But anyway, I like that. so it finally the movie I think clearly clicks together when he goes to the first night and he meets Jodie Foster. Let's just quickly oh recap in case you can't remember this movie and for some right. reason what's you're the basic to premise this? of Maverick? The uh, the basic premise is he Maverick. Brett Maverick. Brett Maverick, played by Mel Gibson, yeah. is trying to get into a poker game. 
um, where the entry fee is $25,000. Which is a huge amount of money. Like, it, that's a, for what is it set? It's set like the 80, late 80 tenors or whatever. That's a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah, it's, I'll have to find somewhere else Why where the you... inflation is calculated today, but it's like over like, Why how much? ever that do that? It's $600,000 or something like, like that. over it's that. It's crazy. It was $600,000 back in 2011. So, something like that, right? Yeah, and you had to buy in and get 20 And he's okay. only $3,000 short, so or $5,000 short. He's $5,000 short. Right. Whoever wins the poker tournament will walk away with $500,000. Well, yeah, because there's however many players there are that you get winner-take-all. Yeah, winner-take-all. Half a million dollars, though, because they know how like, many people are going to buy. And that sounds like a lot of... Like, if they were in a poker tournament now, that was it. It'd be like, that, well, that's a lot of money. I, I swear to God, they just made the 1994 money of, like, what's a lot of money for a poker game? Yeah. And that was what they settled on. Yeah. Not remembering that it's like way back in when. Yes. Like twenty you walk around with twenty thousand dollars in your boot, you're a rich man. I'm like, yeah. why bother? So Mel Gibson's plan is to go collect some money from people who own it. A couple him. friends, right? So yeah. there's gonna be a couple plot fun twists and stories there. It's like a road movie in a lot of ways. Yeah, he's so gotta go meet some people and get he's there. He's thinking he can get a few thousand dollars from the people who owe him. Yep. And then he'll get closer to the boat in the game and the night or two before, win a couple thousand to finish out to, the five to get that in he the, needs. Right. So then the movie, like, once you kind of get all that going, he's trying to collect money. That's the first scene is he just goes to the bank. That's where Danny Glover is. He's trying to collect $1,000 from Was someone who owes him. Was that the first him. person? Yeah, yeah. And, but he doesn't have it because everybody's trying to... The long-running gag of whole this thing is everybody's trying to swindle him. Everybody's trying to take money from him or not give him the money they owe him. Blah, blah, blah. So that's, you know, that's kind of the running gag of the movie, if you call it a gag. So, but the movie clicks into gear kind of once he gets to the, the poker table. Like the first, he's just going to play where he's staying in a hotel, and that's where he meets Jodie Foster as Annabelle Bransford. She's sitting at the table. They're going down. Alfred Molina is there, who we've already seen in that flashback. Has already put him in the ground. Uh, and flash forward. Flash forward, right? Mm-hmm. And so we know that he's a bad guy. And then there's a couple other characters there. But he sits down and he says he's gonna. No one. Alfred Molina's like, I don't want you to play. We. I like the game how it is, or whatever. But he's like, I'm gonna lose for the first hour, and mm-hmm. then he let, he just starts losing, and then he, what you find out later is that he's looking at everybody's tells, and he goes and he takes a big, a couple big pot, pots later, and yes. uh, and then he gets into a little confrontation with my favorite guy in the movie. Oh my god! <laughs> There's a gunslinger at the table. There's gun named Johnny. 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 Harden. <laughs> he says it so strangely. I feel like you have said that before, and I've been like, "What the fuck is that from?" Yeah. And he doesn't say it's even worse than how you he said goes. It. Well, he's like, Malcolm's like, what's your name, stranger? He goes, Johnny. He's like, Johnny, what? He's like, Johnny. Harden. And then everyone at the table goes. <gasps> it stops. It's like that silence. Like, I don't. It doesn't. It's not that way. It just feels that way. Like you know how in those old skits of the western, like every like the music. Like the stops. music goes. <laughs> yeah, it's like a big moment. Like, ooh, he's a gunslinger. And he almost gets and in a fight see, with them. Seeing as they're still alive, must be a pretty good one. There you go. Says yeah, Mel Gibson. Says Mel Gibson. But see, what we learn is that he he's about to get in a confrontation because he, he Mel Gibson's finally won a pot. It's against Johnny Hodden, mm-hmm. and Johnny Hodden's like, I don't think that one should count. Yeah, he just goes, I don't think that one should count. <laughs> Can we just like do that it's like again? A little tantrum. My head wasn't in the game. Yeah. He had a little baby tantrum, right? Yeah. So then you oh, everybody's scared because it's Johnny Hodden, right? Johnny Hodden. But then what we learn about Mel Gibson, which is he gets up and he shows how fast a draw that he is. And oh, he's buddy. an incredible draw. He can draw his gun so fast that it's just like, whoa, buddy, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, the gag being later is that he's great at drawing, can't shoot anything. Terrible aim. Terrible aim. But anyway, that's where we get to kind of learn more about Maverick. We have this great little scene and. 
He's flirting with Annabelle Bransford, Jodie Foster. Annabelle Bransford. Who's doing... And so, this was the, probably the first time I was really kind of, like, recognizing this. Like, uh, it, it does seem like it's this kind of fakish or really broad southern accent that Jodie Foster is doing, right? And first mm -hmm. of all, especially now, knowing the kind of... I mean, even then, it's just, like, the kind of movies that Jodie Foster usually does and the kind of roles that she usually does. It's very disarming to see her as this character who's broadly comic, who's playing, like, this sex pot uh fake southern accent kind of thing where it's this broad thing and what i didn't really realize about the movie before is that everybody kind of comments on it. mel gibson's like i can't place your accent like they're yeah. making fun of her accent um i'm gonna challenge you uh-huh i don't know if you've seen any if you would have seen at the time you originally saw maverick mm -hmm. any jody jody foster movies she really wasn't in very popular movies that i've seen like what okay let's get closer to the year that it came out because that would have been the time you would have seen her. Nell. Yeah, that Nell. came out after. Yeah, that's Bam. Summersby. Yeah, well, I mean, I saw Summersby. You did? Not, like, I saw that in the theater with Shut my mom. It was horrible. God, your mom's taking me to so many theaters. She wanted so to see movies. movies. She, I'm pretty sure she was the one who wanted to go to Maverick. Shadows and Fog. I don't remember that one. Little Man Tate. Oh, no, I saw that. Little that sounds Man familiar. Yeah. Oh, Silence of the Lamps. That one was before that. That well, was in 91. Well, you're really like, I'm going to challenge you, and I'm going to tell you. I didn't you see Silence of the Lambs. I thought maybe that one came out that after. That Oscar winning actress that won the Oscar. You were eight. For don't the tell Silence me you saw Lambs. Silence of the Lambs when you were eight years old. I probably old. hadn't seen Silence of the Lambs at that God, point. God, you're such a shit. You did not <laughs> see that. I still challenge you, you little turd. Um, I don't know. I I don't. I knew who she fire. was. I I knew who she was. I probably as a kid hadn't seen a lot of her movies. Obviously, yeah. So I'm just talking about in general now. As you get to, as you know, Jodie Foster. It's kind of like this. It's a it's a strange bit on her filmography. Question: uh -huh. What are your top three favorite Jodie Foster movies? Uh, Go. Uh, Contact. Yeah, she doesn't. I'm gonna put this out. She doesn't have a lot of movies. She doesn't. Work, she doesn't work that much. She works she periodic credits. But... She does like, um, like, she, yeah. But especially lately, she'll do like only one movie every couple of years. Um, I like, yeah, I like Contact. I like her in, um, I like her in Maverick. <laughs> I like her in. She's in Taxi Driver as a kid, and she's very good. Um, she is in Contact's probably my favorite. That's if we have that on. That's a movie we will visit on this show. Oh, I'm I love sure. Contact. Contact's, a, uh, yeah. It's that's a yeah. Anyway, um, oh, I like I. You know, I'm a fan. I like that Panic Room movie. I'm not gonna not gonna deny myself. I think that's pretty good. And I don't know. I'm probably free. You put me on the spot. I'm having a hard time thinking stuff. I think that that yeah, that would probably be my top three as I'm looking over her. Just in terms of like favorite, I don't know if those are like the best performances, but yeah, you know, those are the ones I remember. But, you know, like, it's, it, I didn't, just getting back to Maverick a little bit, it's mm -hmm. just like, it's, they're making the joke, like, she, like it, she's, we're in on this joke that she is, got a vaguely southern accent, because she is also kind of a swindler. She goes around trying to get money from people, she swipes, she's an excellent pickpocket, she takes stuff from Mel Gibson, she tries to snatch her uh, wallet, leads, leads to more flirting later, and a shrunken shirt, which is pretty funny. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so, like, there's... It's meant to be like this, like thing where we're commenting on her thing, and it, it that character is also from the old show, and it's probably drawing on that as well. But um, yeah, no. So once it kind of you, you know you get this establishment of uh, you know he sets himself up for a fake uh, fist fight in there to try to get out of trouble with Alfred yes. Molina. He flirts with uh, Jody Fox, and this is what I like about um, that later scene before he they're on the road before James Garner shows up. They they she's trying to steal his stuff right, and she, he's like, oh, I'm gonna. 
you're going to pay for that, right? And he, like, says, you're going to clean my shirt or whatever. And there's, like, a the, what, the thing I like about her performance is, like, right there. She, like, makes a face, like, he's like, you probably know how to do this, right? Mm-hmm. And the face she makes is such a perfect reaction. If You know exactly what she can do that shirt when she mm-hmm. makes that face. Because she makes a face like, fuck you. Like, well, I'm not going to do that. Like, like, sure, asshole. Yeah, like, I'll sure. I'll do that for you. Yeah, well, I'm a woman. I know how to do this. Like, so she's always kind of playing, like, she's playing into, like, the stereotype of the West, Old West damsel in the distress. But she's very capable. She's obviously, as we learn later, too, excellent at cards. I mean, they're talking about her tells and stuff like that. But she's obviously a very good poker player. She ends up at very the final good. table. She's very good. And does very well. So... Yeah, I just, I like that banter. Jodie Foster and Mel Gibson have good chemistry together. They've made, they ended up making, like, uh, well, he she directed him in a movie called, like, The Beaver. Yeah. Um, so, even, you know, she's, yeah, they, they're they good together. And I like that dynamic. And I like knowing that we're making fun of her accent. It just makes it more fun to yes. me. Um, and that they let you in on that fun. Do you, like, what do you think going back and seeing? Because Jodie Foster is a very, I mean, she's just so... Now, I mean, she's a director. She's she just, badass. She feels like a powerful woman mm-hmm. in Hollywood. She works when she wants to, et cetera, et cetera. She plays serious, usually tougher roles, right, like that. And so to kind of see... And it's a goof, right? I mean, she's playing a character she's, goofing on that. She's playing a woman who's single in the Old West yeah. who's going to come up with 25 fucking thousand dollars... You know, over half Which a million she also dollars. Also has today. like at the time like nineteen twenty thousand. Yeah, she's as well. super close to it. She's going to play poker with all men. Yeah, if it's not like a pro, I know, but like, like kind of and awesome. It, and thing. that's interesting now. Looking like that's not how we. I would have looked at it then. No, it's just like oh, she's funny. She's like a rock. She's like a pickpocket. Blah blah. Yeah, blah. you know. But it's it's letting the the a character. Yeah. I yeah. just think that's fun, and it it, 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 it is always a, a role that sticks out to me for Jodie Foster in, in a good way. Like, and it wasn't distracting in the way it was like, look at me, go females, who rah rah. Well, I don't know if, like, Jodie Foster's ever... I, I, it's not a knock against her. It's just that she doesn't, like, play deliberately, like, sexy roles, right? Mm-hmm. I think she's kind of sexy in Maverick. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun. I think a lot of boys, a lot of old millennials were like, Jodie Foster's kind of hot. Yeah, she's kind of doing a thing, and you're like, oh, this is kind of working. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. I just think that that's it's, it's a cool performance in that regard. Because she gets to be smart, but also sexy and conniving and funny. I don't know. I think it's, yeah, it, it, it holds up. I thought that mm-hmm. performance held up, and it's and it just more funny knowing that, like, yeah, we're kind of, we're supposed to be in on the goop that her accent's not great. Mm-hmm. So I kind of enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, let's see. Then the movie finally introduces James Garner. He's playing Coop. Uh, he's a lawman who is, they hitch a ride onto a ferry boat to kind of head toward, you know, the game. He doesn't, it's not revealed that he's going to the game at this point. He does show up later at the game. Mm-hmm. And this is, James Garner played the original Maverick. Um, they obviously are immediately at odds, Maverick and, uh, Coop, because Coop is, like, apparently a lawman, he's very honorable, and Maverick is, you know, they always call him spineless or wussy or something mm-hmm. that, and he's just like i'm proud of that i'm alive because i'm i'm a wuss but um yeah they have a ride over on the so this whole sequence is the part of the movie where it's just like we really shot a western pay attention yes so they get on the boat and they're like it's just this, there's a couple just really gorgeous shots of like mel gibson like flinging his car shuffling his cars his cowboy hat on there's like a river and a canyon behind him beautiful location they end up having like a big old stagecoach uh the the driver of the stagecoach keels over and dies and the horses <laughs> run loose 
And they're in the middle of this open, vast expanse, and they're heading toward a cliff, and it's all just some fun stunts. Uh, Mel Gibson is riding under the stagecoach, which was like a Raiders thing, and apparently it's a, like out of the original movie stagecoach. I remember it from kind of being like Indiana Jones dangling under the tank. Uh, you know, it has these big, expansive set pieces, and it's like, well, we really made a Western. Like, this is a, yeah, we're having fun with the comedy parts, but look, look, we're doing the Western stuff. We're having these crosses, and we're having these little adventure scenes, and I don't know, I think they still kind of, uh, they hold up. It's fun. It's mm-hmm. a fun Western. It, I, it, it was probably, the, the combination of, like, when I was, when I saw this, it was like, I don't, I'm a kid, I don't care about Westerns, Right. But watching Curly's Gold. <laughs> oh my god, why do you keep calling it by that name? Because <laughs> the name. City Slickers 2. Curly's Gold. Okay. And Maverick. And it's been being kind of funny and enjoyable for however old I was. It's like, I like westerns. Like, I could actually be a person who likes westerns. Yeah, but you know, yeah. I mean, we were at a time where, I mean, there was not, I mean, it's still an issue now. There's not a lot of westerns being made. There wasn't a lot of westerns being made then. But, like, it's a great genre. And it kind of was like, it, it kind of, for me, it kind of served as an introduction to the genre in a very positive way. Yeah, that this, these, aren't, these aren't just old-timey movies that are boring. Well, right. And I, look, I like a lot of those old, like, really, you know, I go back and watch the little High Noon and things like that. And they're really good and I mm-hmm. enjoy them. But for me, like, I would say, if I was being honest with myself, like, where did I first get introduced to Westerns? Well, it was Curly's Gold, and it was... Oh, uh, my God. Because I, I don't know if I'd seen even... I mean, I'm sure we watched City Slickers at home. Because my mom, why would she go to the... Why would she go see City Slickers, too? We saw it, right? I mean, I've obviously seen it now, but I've seen them both quite a few times. But at the time, I don't think... Maybe I hadn't seen City Slickers 1. Oh, my God. That sounds about right. And then, like, not knowing, like, oh, yeah, this guy, his brother of this other guy. Oh, like, my God. Like, what the hell? <laughs> Why would you go to the second one if you hadn't seen the first one? I was one? a kid. I was going to the movies. God, your mom just made you do all sorts of She wanted to see Curly's Gold. What do you want? God, that's what you're going to do to our kids. You're going to be like, let's go, kids. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Or I'll just go at 10 without them. I know. That's what we do now. Yeah. So, you know, I, I like that there's these big scenes in Maverick that kind of give you this... Uh, yeah, that, like, runaway carriage scene. It's like a real scene, yeah. It was it a legit... So then what's funny is that, like, so after that, they meet up with, like, a, ch- a church, a church, people, people are, they've been robbed. They think it's, uh, Indians, they call them Indians, I'm not trying to be away, but, um, but no, Mel Gibson's like, ah, I don't think there's Indians in this part, uh, you know, parts, we think it's something else. But what if we could, because he still needs his money, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't get his money from the bank, and he's like, well, maybe we'll go, if we can get, if we can find these robbers and get your money back, can we, t- we'll, I'll take 10%, right? And they agree to it. So then we have these sequences, and after I have all these expansive things, they sneak up on these guy, these white guys posing as, as Native Americans, and it's on like it's very clearly on like a like a woods set, like so you have all these big scenes, and at nighttime we have this like kind of stagey looking. Uh... It looks like I don't know if who whoever's listening to this has like a Cabela's yeah. in their area or a sporting goods. Yeah, store. it looks like a Cabela's. It looks like a Cabela's, like the fake trees. Yeah, the fake campfire. Oh, some it's like, so funny. Uh, some plastic rocks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's so bad. It's a it's poor set design. After watching yeah. the beautiful on site really scenes, hold up. but then that being said. Like, it's, this is actually a really funny scene. It's like, a very funny he, they, scene. J- Cooper is telling him, like, you know, it's your, this is your plan, it's your deal. He's not going to take any of the money. You go down there and you try to make a plan. So he goes down there and he's like, they're doing the whole, like, oh, well, people are around you and they got guns on you right now, blah, blah, blah. But the way he does it is really funny because he's like, I was like, oh, the gun that's pointing to you is uh, uh, 
coop, you know, and he just starts making fun of them, right? Well, first I, th- I think he goes, oh, I just want to introduce myself. I'm, I'm Burt Maverick. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> Jodie Foster's keep calling him Burt, and he's like, it's Brett. It's Brett Maverick, whatever. And it's a dumb joke, right? But there's a payoff to it because <laughs> when he, he goes over, he's like, oh, hi, everybody. I'm Burt Maverick. I mean, <laughs> I'm I Brett mean, Maverick. I mean, Brett Maverick. And it's actually pretty funny. Like, it's just like a good little mm-hmm. moment. But then he starts, like, saying, like, oh, the person that's got, that has a gun to your head is the ugly Annie Bradsford. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> and then she's like, when she was a kid, her parents had to tie a pork chop around her neck just so the dog would play with her. <laughs> just and like a funny I insult. think that really connects with the playground insult humor of it's 10 like, year olds. Yeah, it's funny now because I'm just like, that's a great, like, diss. I was like, oh man. I was like, I'm probably in the theater, like, oh, please remember that I gotta, like, nail somebody. And let's just remember this movie was PG. Yeah. Perfect for for 10 year olds. Well, you That's know, funny. they were saying, yeah, I just I still can't believe that because it's like they say shit a couple times. They do, but you know what? Think it's about the much, gun though. violence. They and don't more, actually. Well, geez, we get like gun violence and everything. No, but they don't actually show anybody getting shot. Uh, at the end, don't they? They shoot some people. They shoot Melina. No, the, the gun goes oh, they off and they no, like fall over. Like an old Western thing. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I just love, and this is kind of where it's revealed that he's a terrible shot. Like he can't, he pulls a gun and he can't hit anybody. And he has Annie Brad, she has Jodie Foster's gun. But Cooper ends up helping him in the mm-hmm. corner. Like, he's shooting people really closely and knocking them down. And share what the relevance of that actor is? I did. It's James Garner, who oh, was did? the original Maverick. I said I like, clearly three times. reading something else while oh you God. were talking about that. What, do your research before the podcast God, starts. Okay, I will. What do you think this is? Amateur hour. Yeah, um, I'm like, I this really is episode like two James or something. Garner. Oh, he's great. And I really like that he wasn't too big to play this role. He wasn't like, oh, the new person's playing. I'm not going to have a handoff movie. Yeah, and he's not like, well, yeah. I mean, it. I mean, we do learn through some twists of how his connection to Maverick is, obviously. But at the time when he's coming in the movie, he's just playing like a lot. I like that it's like not setting up and like, I'm old Maverick and you're young Maverick. Obviously, I know that's what happens in the movie later. But the way that it is handled is like it doesn't feel like the shameless a, thing. He's in a big part of the movie. Yeah, he's a, he's the third lead of the movie. He's in yeah, quite a bit of it. I yeah, think that's fun. It is fun, and it's because you don't see that often. Where it's like a TV show is turning into a movie, and they're going to bring in the original. Oh yeah, like and when have they a did new... Star Trek with Spock. <laughs> You're such an asshole sometimes. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, he's I mean... dead now. Uh, Spock is. James, yeah. James Garner's still alive, though, isn't he? Still Leonard kicking? Nimoy is dead. Yeah, he is. But, um, um, yeah, so no, it, it ends up being, like, a pretty funny scene. And then that leads into um, another, like, I think really effective scene still. So, Graham No, Green, James Garner is not dead. He died in 2014. He is dead, you mean? Mm-hmm. He's dead. Oh, God, I'm so tired. I'm sorry. No, oh, well, that's a bummer. Um, yeah. Well, that's okay. Let's move on about, talk about how funny Maverick is. Um, so, like, they get the money back, but then he ends up, like, he, they guilt Maverick into, like, not taking his cut, right? And then he's just like, oh, what, where are all those drums coming from? If those were just white guys, where were the drums coming from? And that's when Graham Greene and real Native Americans come over the hill, and they're, like, pointing down at him. And Mel Gibson knows who they are, but the other people are terrified. And Graham Greene is from, like, Dance of Wolves, and he's been in a thousand things, right? And they have, like, this thing where he's the only one that understands their language and so he's Mel Gibson or Maverick's like making up a story like oh no tell them that you need a human sacrifice tell them you want her tell them you want Annie Bradsford or whatever (laughs) and he just starts scaring people and he's barking like you know he's just having fun with it or whatever Mm -hmm. it's really funny Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it's still just really funny 
and it like it continues like that once he does like he pretends that they're going to take a sacrifice and they need to take Mel Gibson away and they go and hang out and all of it is just like this big ruse like he's like what's he's like what's with the war paint and all these horses and so I was like oh it's like it's been a shitty year <laughs> like he's like we have to we're playing we're playing like cowboys and indians for this russian guy this, this russian czar. archduke yeah and so, like, we have to, like, do the war paint. We go, oh, how white man? Like, just bullshit. Like, he just, like... <laughs> he just lays it out. Oh, it's so funny. Fantastic. And, yeah, so, like, he doesn't have... He owes... He's giving... He's supposed to be there to get his $1,000 from Joseph, right? Mm -hmm. But he doesn't have it either, so they, like, catch a plan to, like, um, get some money from the Gosh, Russian guy. Yeah. And their idea is that, like, oh, well, it, the greatest <laughs> adventure in the West is to kill a, kill an Indian. And so they had this plan where they're going to, like, give him a... Try to get the gun to shoot Misfire. wrong, or mm -hmm. it ends up not getting it, and they have to give him his bow and arrow, and my, this is another one of my just, like, uh... <laughs> so they've already set it up, but they come up to the, the Russian guy, and he, he's sitting there, and he's just like, oh, hi, hi, and he's like, oh, like, the Russian guy's like, oh, and he's just like, oh, like, oh, oh white man, and, like, he turns... <laughs> And he turns over to the guy with him, he's just like, big asshole. <laughs> <laughs> big asshole. <laughs> like, he mouths it under his breath. Yeah. Oh, man. That's still funny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then, you know, whatever. They end up, like, getting the money out of him, and he, he Joseph still only gives him, like, half of, like, oh, he ends up, like, getting $2,000 out of him. But I just, I like that sequence, too. Like, for a movie, when I remember as a kid being, like, when we watched it as, like, cousins, we were like, oh, we gotta get to that poker scene. We gotta watch the poker scene. We gotta get to the poker scene. But we never were, like, one to fast forward. Uh-huh. We're just like, oh, I can't wait to get to the poker scene. But the thing is, is like, ah, oh, this movie's pretty enjoyable. The movie is 97% up before the poker scene. Well, the poker scene's not very, yeah, it's just like, a, it's the climax, but it's not, like, played, it's not, it doesn't go on as long as I remember, that's no, for sure. No, no. Um, yeah, so, I like Maverick. <laughs> yeah, the scene with the, the Indians was gorgeous as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's good. and uh, Maverick calls it out like, "Oh man, like you guys like living here?" And he's like, "Oh yeah. Next time uh, you white people want to come steal our land, I'll have to pick some shithole so you guys leave us alone." Yeah. Great. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, it's just good stuff, and it's Graham Greene, you know, because he's played that character in in these movies before, so it's just kind of a fun thing. And you know, then we, you know, I think the movie catches up to where we started the flash forward, where he's stuck in the hole because Alfred Molina has been told to try to stop Maverick get getting to the big riverboat game and yeah, whatever he gets out <laughs> they get to the game they see the russian guy and both jody foster and mill gibson who were short money end up like <laughs> getting the money out of him like oh i'm with indian affairs you killed an indian didn't you and again i'm saying that they use the word yes, indian they did. yeah uh, <laughs> you know and so they end up getting their money and they get into the crowd you know it's, all that happens relatively fast once we get into mm -hmm. the game which is this is when your country music mode uh, so montage. much and there were hits, I guess. There were um, hits? Yeah. Soundtrack. Well, the soundtrack featured three chart singles. I'm just reading this straight from the Wikipedia well, table, country. sorry. Listen, country um, charts. Renegades, Rebels, and Rogues by Tracy Lawrence. I don't, I don't know A Good Run of Bad Luck by Clint Black. Yeah, and he's in the movie. I recognize that one now. And that also appeared on his album, No Time to Kill. Yeah. And Something Already Gone by Carlene Carter. Yeah, I don't know that one. Is that... Uh, okay, so... This is also, we should mention, that Coop, who went away after the Indians, the Native American scene, again, I'm not saying, they call them Indians in the movie, but... Um, <laughs> Do you, like, have an issue with that? Now, you keep bringing it up, now it's awkward. 
Because I don't, I don't like, I, look, because I'm a person that likes to use the, the right terminology, but I'm just saying in the movie that's what they call it. And for, for comedic effect, because they're, they're playing, having fun with it. They are. They're calling out. They're calling out that. How crappy white people yeah. are. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but anyway, we, that's when Cooper shows up here. He's like the security, uh, they, James Coburn, this is when he appears as the Commodore on the boat. He's the one hosting this game. And Cooper has been hired to be security. Like, people catch people mm-hmm. cheating, you're going to throw them off the boat, you know, walk overseeing the game. He's in charge of the money. He's keeping hold of the safe, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's when he, all the characters are essentially in one room again. Alfred Molina is there to play the game. And so we all are leading up. So then, of course, well, you know this is going to go even the month. That's why it's a montage, right? Because uh, Jodie Foster's sitting at a table, and Alfred Molina's at another table, and Mill Gibson's at another table, and the Commodore's at another table. And you're just like, geez, I wonder who's gonna win who's each gonna one of be these in tables. The final game. <laughs> and then, sure enough, after a little montage of old West stars and country music stars, and a few people cheating, and people cheating off the boat, and he like he chucks him off the boat. Old Coop gets him off the boat or whatever, including one guy who's like, "I'll jump myself, Coop. Thank you very much." And mm-hmm. he hops off. And, people sneaking uh, guns on the boat. Oh, everybody's got guns, man. Everybody's just throwing guns out. Oh yeah, that's he throws a couple people off because of the gun thing. People that have cards up their sleeves, you know, that kind of business. The guy had it on his chest. I just wonder, how does the... Okay, let's mm. just talk about poker cheating for a second. Yep. The cards up the sleeve. That's uh-huh. like a really risky thing, because what if the cards you play, someone else at the fucking table has? So if you're like, I have three aces, and you pulled out, you throw down an ace of diamonds. Right. What if the person at the table also has an ace of diamonds? That well, just seems real and it, risky. And it should be clear that it seems like in all the poker games that we see in the movie, they're only using one deck to distribute cards. Yeah, that's how not poker doing, works. Right, no, but I'm saying, like, when you go... and Yes, I know that. But <laughs> I know that's how <laughs> poker works. But, like, when you play blackjack at a casino, there's multiple decks. And so there, multiple cards can come up, right? So I'm not... Like, they're not... Like, they're showing us that it's one deck. I'm not saying, like... So I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Like, it would be risky to, like, pull a card. Yeah. And just, just to be, be like, like, oh, I got three aces. And someone's like, I also got three aces. Oh, geez, somebody's a fucking cheater. And I think, like, a good... Well, there's... Yeah, I I think a good cheater would probably be able to kind of recognize based on their betting, maybe how people if are doing. You, if that's if you're that good, then you don't need to cheat. Maybe listen. I, know. I was actually really bothered by this as a kid. <laughs> I think it was very distracting to me. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. This cheating would not work ever. Yeah, I mean, I kind of. And agree also, with you. How, what cards are they planting, and how are they knowing when they're going to need them? Are they yeah. planting full hands of cards, or is it like? Hmm. To win this, it seems hand. like they always just always like pulling an ace out or something. Yes. Like. So it was like you only cheat when you need the ace. I don't know. Maybe I don't understand. Coop, maybe that's why Coop's. It's so easy for him to catch them. Yeah. <laughs> and and these contraptions they have under their sleeve. Is there no clicking noise? I mean, what? How are the cards coming out? I just. Well, one of them has like maybe a little thing. I need to watch a documentary, do some research like old on West old cheating. West card cheating. Probably get a Twitter about it. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Someone Twitter in and we'll figure I mean, is this a out. stupid question I'm asking? I don't know. I, no, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it could be. Okay. It doesn't seem like you should cheat. I mean, it really bothered me, and it still bothered me. Like, again, if it was multiple decks, you could easy, more easily cheat. But you don't never play with That's not how decks. poker works. Exactly. <laughs> so, no, you're right. I'm, I'm just, yeah, anyway. So they, you know, they all get to the table. 
Jodie Foster and Mel Gibson, they have sex on the boat. Whoa! <laughs> this is PG, sir. But then, like, his door gets Our locked. Our podcast is not PG, by well, the way. They take a, they take a, a, an hour break before the final game. So they go and they do their thing. Oh, this is where my favorite character comes in. Which one's that? The one that walks around outside their rooms, ring the bell going, <laughs> 15, uh, I don't even know what Five he said. Five minutes. <laughs> Five minutes. Five minutes till game. Five minutes till game. Five minutes, Mr. Maverick. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, man, that's like, the role of a lifetime. It's the role of a century. Like, if that's like an extra, like, I would want 15 that. 15 minutes. I never had an aspiration to be like an actor, but that I would want that And it's role. like a hand bell. He's like ringing up and down, up and down. Yeah. There's like, there's like a few roles that I would like, that's great. Like going on on a bell. Johnny Hodden. It doesn't matter how bad the sequel is. I'd want to be in a Jurassic Park movie, but I don't want to be, see, I don't want to be a guy that gets eaten. That's bullshit. I want to be like one of those guys like, ah, and then you just, you, you duck in. I just want to be one of the ducking guys. You want to be a survivor. Yeah. I don't want to get eaten. Mm-hmm. I just want to be just, ah, ducking, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so they, they do it, but then his door, like, so then they make it seem like someone's supposed to be stopping him. At, somebody doesn't want him to be at the game besides Alfred someone's Molina. Someone's trying to stop it. Right. So then, it, it, I mean, they're kind of making it look like it could be Cooper because he's the one that's outside the window. He, or the door. He's like, oh, five more minutes, Mr. Maverick. He, everybody's telling him five minutes. He's... Um, Longest five minutes ever. Well, then he tries to open his door, and someone's chained it shut. Whoa. Because we need one more little action scene in this movie for one Mel Gibson more. to kind of just be like, I'm an action star. Because he's got to go hop out the outside of the riverboat. Because, I mean, after being... Oh, yeah. So, so being an expansive <laughs> well, movie, like, it's been... But everything's all of a sudden just set in this thing. So they're like, oh, we got to go get some outside shots, apparently. Yeah. My favorite part is when he opens the window, and he's like, hmm, i got to jump out. Hey, I'll just use this little rope that's right outside it's my a, window. It's a convenient rope that's just that's right clearly there. tied onto something that I can swing off of. Maybe Jane, maybe Coop helped me. He's like, oh, if someone's gonna lock the door, I'm gonna go up the top real quick and just toss a rope over. Yeah, that's so true. I can help him. Sure, it wasn't a rope though. Over. It was like a long. I don't even know what it was. A sheet tied together. I, I don't know. Oh, okay. I wanted to rewind it, but I was like, eh, I don't care. That so much. you know, so we get to the final game. We, it, it, you know, we get a little bit of this. Uh, Jodie Foster's the one who starts running out of money uh, fast. She she does a good job, but then she he goes, Mel Gibson, Maverick's the one who knocks her out, and he's like, I didn't show any of my tells. She's talking about her tells. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, you held your breath. And he's like, did I hold my breath? And everybody's like, yep, 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 yep. So he gets knocked out. It's kind of funny. I don't know, I guess. So then we get to this, like, final game. Like, yeah. clearly, this is what's funny about this, is like, this reminds me a lot of uh, when you play poker with uh, friends. With friends. And it's you're playing for a while, and it's like, I don't know, like it's, it's past 12, it's getting to 1 o'clock. You're getting a little tired of playing poker, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure that this is what these people are doing, even though like this is for lots of money. But they're just like, everybody's just like, all of a sudden, like, you know what? This is the, this is the hand we're going to just end on. <laughs> they're just like, fuck it, I'm tired. Let's just see what happens. <laughs> Let's just see what happens. <laughs> but Done. then, and of course, literally everybody gets the most amazing cards in the history of poker. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody. The Commodore has, who is, so the Commodore has, there's only three of them left. The Commodore has four of a kind, correct? I want to say yes. Right. After drawing, because it's one, you know, you go around ones for the five card draw. Alfred Molina has a straight flush, like a lower numbered Straight flush. Mm-hmm. And Burt Maverick, Brett Maverick, <laughs> he has what appears to be the, the the startings of a royal flush. He does not have the ace of spades. He's mm-hmm. got the ten, the jack, the queen, the king, and then some other card. So he... So... <laughs> so... 
what's fascinating about this is like he, he's like he, he needs to get one card right he's got he's going for that royal flush right and they've not all bet everything yet they've put into in but he's like i want one card i'll take one card but not from you dealer i want a new deck <laughs> yeah i want a new deck everyone needs to get a new hand yeah it wasn't even from you dealer it was like we all need a new hand like no, he just he knew that he wants something. a new deck. No, you don't get no. He knew that everyone else was gonna get. He's like a new, a new shuffle, a new deck, and a new shuffle. That's not how poker works, though. That would mean he'd have they'd have to re. I know that. That's deal. why it's a ridiculous request. Like he no, he he know. Like it's just like well, why would they give give him a whole new set of cards? Because then that would be a scenario where you would have a potentially two different aces out on the table, right? Like it was like this, but it's just such a funny request. Like this expert card player, all of a sudden, is just like you know what. I don't like the odds. You guys might have that ace I need. I need a new deck. <laughs> so then he, they, of course, tell him, like, that's against the rules. Because why would it be allowed? But he said, you can have a new dealer if you'd like. But not. So then he said, like, I want Alfred Molina to give him a card right off the top. And he's like, oh, I like that. And so he, like, slides the card over. Uh, just over the table. And just puts it there. But then what does Brett Maverick do? You're nodding. You know what he does. He doesn't look at that card. He doesn't look at it. And everybody starts betting, and they all start putting money in, and then he's like, oh, whatever I call. So all the money is on the table. This is going to be the end. Well, unless the Commodore wins, I guess, because he can only win. If he had won, if the Commodore had won, the game would still keep going, because he had less money. But they, they're like, you're not going to look at your card? He's like, no, I'm Alfred Molina's just like, look at that goddamn card! Look at that goddamn card! <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> I like that goddamn card line. Uh, <laughs> but, so, okay, so we, again, we forgot to mention, like, earlier in the movie, he, even in a voiceover, he's like, now, I always thought I had a magical ability. I could think about any card and I can make it happen come. And they show him trying it a couple times and it never works, right? Well, this time he thinks that he's done it. Although, he didn't think that when he wanted the new deck, right? So this time, whatever. So then, what they do is there's, there's a lot of real uh, bad etiquette going on at this last game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody's like slow playing everything. They're slow playing everything. James Coburn's like, I've got two pair, eights, oh, and eights. It's like, oh, All right, hey guy, you got four of a kind. <laughs> like, You're just being an asshole. Don't be a dick, mm-hmm. right? So then he's just like, Alfred Molina is like the only one who's like, you're not gonna look at your card. Then how do you know if you could beat my straight flush? Mm-hmm. So he's not really slow playing. He was pretty direct, right? Mm-hmm. Well, then Mel- God, Mer- Maverick, this is the worst. He's like, I'm going to flip over every card one by one. And then the dealer's like, the ten of hearts, or the ten of spades, the jack of spades, the queen of spades, the king of spades, a possible royal flush. <laughs> Everybody's like, whoa. There's a crowd, right? Okay. Such slow play bullshit. Mm-hmm. You should get kicked out of a game for doing this stuff. I, I agree. It's just nonsense, right? Let's get this fucking going. Yeah, right. And then he flips over the card and then ch- throws it on the pot. Throws a card, too, against more more etiquette. That's more, just real. Yeah. He's been a real big... Well, this, this is, is how you get the shot. West. This is how you get shot. And sure enough, Molina tries to shoot him. So he finds out it's the ace. It's a royal flush. Now, what I want to know is... <laughs> we should have done some research. Here. How many, I mean, Royal Flush is, statistically as possible, it's very rare, extremely rare. I want to know, like, the most famous occurrences of Royal Flushes. Well, let's talk about the fact that this was a stacked deck, right? It was a predetermined deck so that each person would be assigned those cards for those hands so that they would all bet all their fucking money and Angel would win. Mm-hmm. Or Alfred Molina's character. 
So if you're stacking the deck, and that's why they were putting Alfred Molina's winning cards on the bottom, so that when the dealers sh- right. Uh, gave the other and they show you the that top. they're not they're not explicitly saying any of this thing, but they're showing. But it we to know you. that there's something okay. afoot, right? So you're using a stacked deck. They show you also them switching the deck, right? So they're using a stacked deck, so, and that's why Mel Gibson's like, I want this other thing. It's just it's I want a ridiculous it from request. the top because he wants where it is, right? Yeah, but okay, if you are stacking a deck and you're trying to get Mel Gibson to go all in, you want him to get the nine of spades, so you can put the ace of spades. Anywhere in that fucking deck that's not on the top, and he won't get it. So why is that fucking ace space on the top? Someone fucked up. And that, I think, is why Alfred Molina loses his goddamn mind. Well, doesn't it seem like it's really... This all seems very complicated to me, because it doesn't even occur to me that, like... Like, if you're going to stack a deck... Like, you have to be able to shuffle all that and, like, hand it over to the people... Like, uh, and And then, anyway... Like if Alfred Molina, that's why they 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 he sh- he shot from the bottom because then you don't shuffle the bottom cards. I okay, but like so, why are you giving them both? Like, because I, I, aren't you? A, do you have the understanding that uh, that Molina is aligned with James Coburn in some way? So why are we like like we're stacking both of the things? So we're making sure they get hands. So like, what's going on over here with? Uh, they want him to think he has a winning hand, so then he bets hand, so a he'll lot. Go all well, in. That's, so that's why he says, "Like I want that. Just I want you to take one off the top or whatever." Mm-hmm. But then that but also the one suggests off the top you... shouldn't be the ace of spades. Well, me, yeah. <laughs> well, me, they put it there so they know not to like. That's how he's keeping track of where he put the card. He put the cards. No, I don't know. This none of this ever occurred to me when I was younger. I was just yeah. like, "Oh man, these no, guys." No, I was very bothered by it then, and I'm still very bothered. I just thought by it was it. very lucky. <laughs> But I I, like, what I want to know is like in a like this is like the rarest select the rarest combination of cards you could probably have on a poker table. I want to know about the real like situations where these were like real real things that happened, like the most famous royal royal flush. I'm sure there's stats about that. It doesn't really occur to me. I, I don't know. I never like uh, the whole stack in the deck thing uh, doesn't register to me. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, all right. You obviously really bothered you. <laughs> Yes, it didn't make any goddamn sense. I'm with Alfred Molina. I'm going to shoot Mel Gibson because that shouldn't have happened. I made that deck. You should not. But he have yells about being a cheater flush. when they're clearly like the ones that are cheating or whatever. But when you know you stacked the deck and then someone else gets the card, you know he shouldn't have got. Then you got to think he's fucking cheating. So then why? Okay, so if they're planning out like card like so much that they want these people to win, how come they don't like try to like? Should, wouldn't it have been better to, like, plant someone at Burt Maverick's table in the first place to, like, get him out of the game early? Maybe they tried. I, I just want more information. <laughs> this is so much information. That's just, um, like, The probability all... of getting a royal flush yeah. is 0.0032%. So little. And, a yeah. So you're saying that... Okay, but... <laughs> The probability of getting a four of a kind is higher, 0.168%. But, I mean, the point is, like, what you're talking about, like, the stacking of the deck and stuff like that, you're, what, you're, what you're explaining is what's visually shown you. It is not, like, explained mm-hmm. at all. At the end, there's Colburn and Cooper, and everybody's talking about, like, doing these things, right? But as visual information, if you're not privy to, like, stacking the deck, you're not recognizing this. That's why when I'm, like, a kid, I don't know what's going on. It's just like, oh, he's lucky. <laughs> no, he's lucky. Yeah, everybody's lucky at the table, right? Like, it's, it doesn't register that way. It's a very, like, 
which is weird to me. It rings weird now. It's like, whoa, <laughs> like we're supposed to, but you know, I mean, it makes sense, but it, it's giving, it's t- giving the audience a lot, a lot of leeway in terms of what you understand about poker and how this whole go- whole thing goes down. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. It's just kind of like a plot point to lead to the next three twists of the movie. You know, I think it's really smart what they did there. Yeah. Because then I think if you're, if either way, it's fun because they're like, well, if that deck's stacked, it doesn't fucking matter, Mel Gibson. You're going to lose. So there's some drama. You're like, well, what is that card? It's not going to, he's not going to win. He's yeah. definitely going to lose. So it's kind of enjoyable. I know, but if you're stacking the deck, like... You fucked up. How have you gotten to this point? Like Somebody's sh- fucked up. <laughs> all right. That's all. So, I mean, okay, so the poker, it's it's exciting, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, so then it's time to get the money, right? Well, then the first of the big twist, Cooper takes the money <laughs> out of the safe. He's like, I'm and just going to take it. And then our third favorite <laughs> yeah. scene, our so, actor. So, there's a guy. <laughs> After there's a crowd gathered to give Burt Maverick his money... Cooper's like, I'm going to take it. I'm going to escape out the back. I'm going to go out this boat and take off, right? I'm stealing your money. I don't know where from the back. <laughs> there's from a, the back. There's like a concierge, like, seven-year-old guy. Luggage bag. You see that old? It didn't seem like it was um, old. You said bag boy, right? Yeah. It sounded over here that you said black boy, and I was like, <laughs> no. oh my God. I didn't say that. No, bag boy. I said a bag boy. Okay. So then he comes up. He's got to come from, from behind Cooper, <laughs> and he's got to walk into a stage area where there's all these people who are terrified and frightened by the policeman who is supposed to be honest and good, pointing a gun at all of them. Oh, we got to double back on something real quick. But, um... Just double back on him. Right no, 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 okay. no. We'll do it in a minute. But uh, so he's walking up, and he's just like, he comes up to him, doesn't recognize anything that's going on, doesn't recognize that Cooper's holding a gun. He's like, "Oh, hey, I'll take your bag, sir. I'll take <laughs> your bag for you, sir." And he grabs the bag and like he's just he gonna starts walking out the bag. <laughs> And of course it doesn't work. He quickly just gets like, hey, get back out here or whatever. Like, give me my goddamn but bag. I, what I like to think of is that this guy, this this guy is not oblivious. <laughs> this is just his plan to get the money. He's like, ooh, ooh, this is his whole plan. He's been planning it for months. He's like, oh man, when the when it time, comes time for the guy to take the money, I'm going to be like going up to him like, hey, I'm a bag boy. I'll take your bag to the boat. I'll and carry then, that Then I'll you. just get on the boat myself and I'll take it on off. Yeah, I I'll win myself half a million fucking dollars. I want to watch that movie about that guy. Oh my god! I want Bag Boy the movie. That's the sequel. I want. I want to watch him plotting for mm-hmm. a year. Yeah, I want. They could make a TV show. <laughs> Seems great. <laughs> and then, but at the end of it, I still want it to not work. I still want him to have the same reaction. Like, hey, no, get down here. And then question. And then he's like, oh man, I didn't expect the cop to like take it. I thought it was just gonna be a guy in his bag talking. Yeah. He had to improvise. How is he going to handle that sort of letdown? Probably kill himself. <laughs> I was going to say that, but I didn't think that suicide was something we should be joking about. It's the Old West. It's fine. It uh, is the Old West. Um, so what I wanted to double back on is my other favorite line of the movie. is It's the Colburn line. Col- uh, James Colburn. Like, everybody... Like, we've made a big thing about, like, taking guns out. There's no guns allowed except no for Cooper. No guns Coopers, allowed on the boat. But he's already thrown a couple people off. But then, like... <laughs> Alfred Molina obviously has one, and he gets shot and killed. By the way, Alfred Molina does. He's yeah. dead. Yeah, yeah. But then Mel, uh, Burt Maverick grabs another one from someone else, takes it from somebody, and kills him. And there's a, and then James Corden's like, "God, your security, your security system's not worth a damn. Everybody's got a gun. Everybody's got a goddamn gun." It doesn't on this say boat. goddamn, but it's Colburn. Sort of remember it. It's that not worth way. a damn. Everybody's got a gun. But it's the, mm. in that James Colburn, like only he could do it that yeah. way. Yeah, it did and make me laugh. 
out loud. Oh, so funny. Anyway, so Coop escapes on the boat. And then, like, here's this other suspicious stuff. Uh, Bert Maverick's like, ah, you know what, don't, don't shoot him. You know, it's fine. I'm not even mad. I knew I wanted to win. If he, if he gets away, no big deal. I'm not even going to put a warrant out for them. And everybody's just like, yo, man, Bert Maverick's a great guy. And it's just Let's like, hear it for Bert Maverick. And Woo! it's just like, what? Like, why? You're going to put a warrant out for him? That doesn't make sense. It's fine. Okay, there's a beepy noise on your recording. Oh, you're going to put a warrant out for him? Yeah, so it's like, everybody should have just been like, wait a minute, like, why doesn't he all of a sudden care about why Cooper doesn't go anywhere? Mm -hmm. So then we get what ends up being a series of, like, just quick twists, right? We meet Cooper, who's in cahoots with James Coburn. They're in the woods in that same set that they fought off. Oh, the yeah, people. the Cabela's set. It's the same Cabela's set they <laughs> Brought to you by Cabela's. Yeah. <laughs> They want to get on Twitter and get us. That's a tool, too. Why do you keep saying Twitter? <laughs> so everybody's on Twitter, apparently. Except for us. President's on Twitter. We are on not Twitter. on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter. But yeah. Oh, we should get on Twitter. I'm not getting on Twitter. Um, so then, you know, Burt Maverick finds them. Uh, they he gets the money back from them. Cooper knocks Coburn out. They makes it seem like he's going to kill him, but he doesn't. So then we get another twist where Maverick's at the steam room in the in the tub and Cooper shows up, and he's going to take the money from him, and it looks real serious. And he's like, well, he's been doing this whole thing about my pappy, old pappy used to say, and he makes some dumb my line. My pappy used to say. And this is when we get the big reveal. It's like, I never said that. I never Gun. said that. And they do a little band, and it's very clear that they're father and son. And now, so we do have, like, he was the original Maverick, or whatever. But see, like, that little twist is kind of funny. and It's it, kind of funny. And it's just quick, and it's just like these little, these are just like little short scenes at the end of the movie. The, I mean, it's we're done. We're just having some, having some twists fun. and turns and stuff like that. And so they're in cahoots. They both get into the tub because uh, he walks in. And he's like, "Oh, look at that!" Separate tubs. Separate tubs, right? <laughs> Different movie. But he's like, the first thing he says is like, "Oh, look at that! All that money you want and all this other stuff, and you got your weapon eight feet away from me or whatever, right?" So then the next thing is they're in the boat in the water, and Jodie Foster shows up, and she's like, "Oh, look at that! All that money, not and your and your uh, bag is and your your money is this and your gun is." Six feet away from you. And both James Garner and Burt Maverick go, it's eight feet. Eight. <laughs> correct her. They In correct, unison. They correct her with the eight thing, which I think is just a funny uh, thing, too. And she takes the money, but see, then it's also revealed that he's got half the money in his boot. And she's only got half of it, and it's going to be a lot of fun to go get that money back. Yeah. Let's make a sequel, everybody. They didn't make a sequel. They didn't make a sequel, thank goodness. It was perfect it just doesn't as need, it was. It's just kind of like meant to be like, this is like a, it's a, making a nod to a television show. Like, yeah, these adventures could keep going on. These adventures could continue and will continue. Because it was a hit. It was a modest hit, wasn't it? I mean, it, it made money. Oh, yeah, okay. So you had to research. It was just research done again and you didn't even look at you the box what? office. You're such a dick sometimes. Do your research. <laughs> What's your guess? In Modest 1994 hit. monies. It made $70 million in 1994. On opening weekend? No, or well, total... opening weekend. On the domestic total, $70 domestic million. Domestic total was $101 million. Oh, see, it did pretty good. That's good money. It's a hit. Oh, it did 81 of those million. No. Here. No, it did an additional $81 million foreign. For so a total... 183. Ooh, that's a good gross for... Worldwide. And the budget was probably not too high. That's a good hit. That's a solid... A solid hit for 1994. Yes, um, opening weekend it did 17 million. Yeah, it was a good. It's a, it was a summer movie. I guess I didn't realize it was a. I, I don't remember that that whole double feature business that I went to as being a summer movie. But I mean that makes sense because I was like went to. I mean, 
my mom's home, I'm home. We're just like, cause my mom was a teacher. Yeah. So clearly we had a lot of time. A lot of time in the summers <laughs> to catch up on so, the So, you know, movies. my dad's working. My brother's already doing whatever the hell he was doing. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, we went to the movie. Double feature. That's how we had plenty of time. That's how we had plenty of time. So, yeah, big hit. I just feel like that one is, uh, people don't remember it as much. Don't remember it as much? Yeah, Maverick. Not a big hit. Hasn't gotten a, like, the DVD that we own is one of those, uh, cardboard pop-open ones with the full screen on one side and the wide screen on the other. I know. Sometimes I want to watch these on full screen just to see how bad it how is bad to watch How bad the pan scan screen. is? Yeah. I don't think so. Or if we could watch them side by side. Right. Well, so, anyway, that's Maverick. I still like this movie. Yeah, totally holds up. It would be nice if there were some more women in the movie, but that's fine. Jodie Foster got... totally carries. Jodie Foster, Margot Kidder, some other people. She was barely, you know, for like <laughs> 10 seconds. So many women in this movie. <laughs> uh, the budget was $75 million. Oh, That's high, really? Well, I mean, they, the money's on the screen. The money's on the screen? What, is that? what does that mean? <laughs> the money's on the screen. They're, what they're, is that saying? Well, they got the stars, you gotta pay the stars. And Jodie Foster's not cheap in 94, I don't think. She's still pretty running hard on uh, Silence of the Lambs. Uh, Mel Gibson, obviously a huge star at the time. And then they've got the money on the screen. There's big, there's set pieces. They're out in the open. They're not just They're like, like on, on the Cabela's. Location. They could have been on the Cabela's set the whole movie if they wanted to. They didn't. So that's a lot of money for, uh, that's more money than I would have thought. So, yeah, I mean, they, they, it probably rented well, though. That was, this is a good solid blockbuster movie, right? They, they rented I mean, I well. saw it. I think we rented it and yeah. watched it. So, yeah. So Maverick. I think that, and I think that uh, anybody who had not seen it, could go and see it now and probably enjoy enough yeah. of it. Yeah, I think some of the twists and stuff were fun, and the poker is fun. Like I said, once Jody you kind of get over the, the first like ten minutes of just like hardy har har, like the voiceover yeah. ends. The voiceover it pops ends in a few times, and there, I mean, some of that humor is still is prevalent, but it becomes more about like their character interac- interactions, and it's funny that way, mm-hmm. and less so on like the gags. Mm-hmm. So I think that works better. It's definitely like look at me. I mean. In the battle between this and Curly's Gold, I think this movie holds up more. No shit, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's better than the first City Slickers, Now I feel too. like we got to watch City Slickers, I feel like next. it's better than the first City Slickers. You want to know about City Slickers, the first one, that's so weird every time I'm surprised by it. takes forever for them to get into the Old West. They're not one. They don't go to the <laughs> Old West. <laughs> The cattle driver or whatever. <laughs> they don't go to the old west, but you know, they go to the west. I do sort of remember being irritated by the first part of the movie. Yeah, they're just like, what are we doing? Daniel Stern, let's like, we're They're get all this just going. like, ah, oh, we all hate our lives. Uh. Yeah, no, I know. It just well, takes stay too tuned long. for. Uh, Curly's Gold, they get back into the old west real fast. <laughs> oh my god. I remember watching it, but I remember just being like, this movie. No, there's like sucks. these scenes where like Billy Crystal's on like the subway and he keeps seeing. And you got to think about a kid who's, like, not seen City Slickers 1, where he sees, like, this old man. <laughs> like, is that his dad? Well, I mean, he kind of says, like, oh, it's, I saw him. I saw Cur- well, yeah, Curly. Curly. Curly's the first character. I don't know what the character, Jack Palance, plays the name of it. Is it, like, I don't know. It doesn't matter. But he sees him in the subway. He's like, oh, I saw Curly or whatever. But he, they're going to find gold, because it's called the legend of Curly's gold. You get it? <laughs> Why do you keep calling it that? Because that's the name of the movie. It's the Christo, the Legend of Curly's Gold. Why well, you always like to call things by their subtitles? Because <laughs> that's what they they made a point of making Duke that subtitle. Washburn is the kid character's Duke. name. Yeah. yeah, Curly and Duke. I guess. Well, anyway. Wow. All right, episode two. Bam. <laughs> All right, go watch Twister and uh, thanks for Twister. Jo- that was the first episode. <laughs> oh shit. 
Jesus. Don't watch Twister. We already, already told him to watch Twister. No, I think we said don't watch Twister. So let's just recap. Don't watch Twister. Go ahead and watch Wait, wait Maverick. we're not watching Twister? <laughs> Twister's all right. It's terrible. But, you know, it's got some... I think this is a better... Maverick is a better hold-up Maverick movie. is better. Yeah. Um, if you enjoyed the show, you know what to do. Uh, leave do you? A, yeah, that's what people say at the end of the podcast. They go, you know what to do. Are you going to set up an email account and a Twitter? Um, leave a comment. Send us an email. Uh, give us a good rating and wherever you're oh, listening but, to podcasts. But and, listen. Uh, you know, shout out to our sponsors, which we currently do not if have. If you don't like it, though, like, don't, don't rank it low. If you don't like it. Just don't listen to it again. Hopefully you're not still listening to it. Oh, you should have turned it off. You should have turned it off. But don't rank it low. That's not cool. Like, I wouldn't do that to you. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't rank. You know, if you enjoyed the show, if I don't like podcasts, I, I don't rank. I don't rank them low. I just don't listen to them anymore. I'm yeah, just if you enjoyed the show, you should you rank know what it high. Oh, well, yes. wait, are we? I don't even know if we're even doing that though. I do hope you're what? doing all that. I can't do any of that stuff. Yeah, I'll take care of it. Anyway, thanks for listening. Again, this Twitters? is uh, Angela Yoshiko here with Tyler Wilson, and stay tuned for What's our next, next episode movie? of Ooh. Old Millennials Remember, where we will be re- remembering. We're gonna be watching Three Ninjas. Three Ninjas. <laughs> there you have it. This is gonna be a different. Thanks, kind of, everyone. Yeah. Till next time. You want to turn it off?